Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 95, 96, and 97. Psalm 95, oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all kings. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. You know, I think one of the greatest tragedies to come upon the church is to think that God could be mocked or fooled. This passage doesn't say, you know, let us make some noise for the Lord. Let us let us make some boring noise for the Lord. Let let us make some, uh, you know, uh, harmonized noise for the Lord. Let let us. Let us sing out of a hymnal for the Lord, or or let us, or let us sing the latest, newest song. You know that the radio is playing for the Lord. You know the there's a, they're all different ends of the spectrum on on the way that we worship and the song type of songs and the style and if there's a full band or if there's no band or you know there's been all this emphasis put on that. You know, and one side of it says that. You know, it's all just a big rock group and it's, you know, it's all performance and it's all about the music and it's not about God. And then the other side of it looks at it and goes, you know, that's really not your best, you know, that, you know, if you can play a guitar and sing, you know, Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash or Metallica or whatever, why why wouldn't you take that same skill and give it to the Lord? And, you know, there's just, there's all these different opposing views but you know we're really getting lost in the details on some of this stuff because what we're missing is psalm 95 let us make a joyful noise let us let us not go into something as worship like it's a performance honestly could i say that from the most traditional to the to the newest most contemporary, I think both parties have drifted at times to make it a performance. And that's the last thing that some of the most staunch, um, conservative type denominations would, would, they would hate to hear me say that, but I don't, they forget that a performance can be boring too. (laughs) 
<laughs> performance doesn't have to be exciting. You know, they look at some of these churches and go, oh, that's just a performance. That guy shouldn't be playing the drums like that. And the other guy, well, no place for an electric guitar in a church. And I go, you know, what you're doing is a performance too, sir. You got 62 people just singing, you know, how great thou art, you know, harmonizing in key. Not a single person in there thinking about the Lord. Nobody's joyful in their noise. Nobody's heart is wrapped around Jesus Christ. You know, a performance can look like a lot of different things. There's exciting performances and there's boring ones just the same. And God isn't really pleased with either one of them, to be honest with you. You know what God wants? He wants a joyful noise. Bang the drums, hit the tambourine, let the voices be in harmony. Do a Jericho march outside the church carry your hymnal in one hand and your guitar in the other. God says, I don't care about any of that stuff. I want a joyful noise. I want your heart to be on me. I don't want you to go through the motions. That's not worship. You know, I grew up in a traditional church. The first 25 minutes of service was just all out boring. Not a person in there was thinking about Jesus. It was 25 minutes of let us sing these songs that from these pages that none of us even understand or are even thinking about you know that's not what god wants god's not even god's not honored in that let us come into his presence with thanksgiving you know worship is is a lot bigger deal than we realize you know we we kind of squeeze it into our services you know sometimes like it's just another portion of it it's a big deal we're going to get to heaven and we're going to find out that heaven is a place of worship. The angels are around the throne right now, worshiping, worshiping God. And what does it look like when the angels surround the throne and they worship God? You know, do you, does that look like it's boring? Do you think it's boring? If you think that, that, if you think that that's boring, then heaven's boring. I don't think so. I think the angels are pouring out their hearts before the Lord. Singing to them, singing to the Lord with all their might. And so we should, we should seek to emulate that because that's what God truly desires. Let's not get lost in what kind of song it is. You can praise the Lord with your, with your hymns. You can praise the Lord with the stuff they're doing now. You can praise the, the Lord with, with, with just these psalms. You can just open up these psalms and just start singing them. But it has to come from my heart. These are supposed to be love songs. You know, I mean, we've got, I mean, think, think about it like this. You know, think about, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Al Green, I might be misquoting that, but, you know, I don't know. Just a love song popped in my head. You know, let's stay together. You know, old love song, I just popped in my head. You know, can you imagine being lullabied by that, you know, by your spouse or whatever? <laughs> and they come up to you and go, Let's stay together, you and me forever, loving you all the time. You go, what, what? hey, we got stuff to do. I got to get to work. Can you move out of my way, please? Why? Because you don't care about their lip service. You know, the Lord even said that in the book of Amos. He goes, just get your noisy songs of praise away from me. I don't want that. You know, we got to quit going through the motions and think God's honored by by that in some way. No, what is it about a love song that, that's, 
you know, even in the movies, you know, a lot of times they got some, they got some teenage kid singing a love song, and you know what? Does it even sound good? Not normally. It, it, it's that's almost kind of the point. Is just like they're trying to pour out so much emotion in the song that they're just they're breaking key and they're you know let's stay together. You know, it's like please. You know, it, 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 it's like it, it almost kind of embarrassing. You're like, oh gosh, but it's like I can hear your heart in this. You know, that that that's. Honestly, that's the kind of worship I believe God's honored by is this, is this is my heart, God. This is all that I have, God. It's the best that I have because I just love you. That's a joyful noise. That's a joyful noise. It's just not noise. It's a joyful noise. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise because he's a king above all gods in his hand are the depths of the earth. He made the sea. He formed the dry land. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Do we ever just get on our knees in our worship? Do we ever just get on our knees? Well, how would we hold the hymnal, Pastor? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry for that one. How, how would, let, me, let me take it all the way to the other side. How could we look up at the PowerPoint with the words on the screen if we're on our knees, right? <laughs> you know, um, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about worshiping Him. You know, getting before Him. He He made me. I, I, I'm the sheep of His pasture. And it says, and if you hear His voice, if you can hear the invitation of the Lord saying, come deeper, come closer, come talk with me, come sing with me. It says, don't harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. And you know, this story is in it, you know, it, uh, about Israel and and how they got to the water and they were thirsty. Or they got to the they got to the desert and they were thirsty and there was no water. And the place was called the place is called Meribah because they, that means quarreling. They were complaining. They were criticizing of God. They had forgotten of His faithfulness of old because all they could see was what they didn't have in the present. And it says, let us not become like that. Well, how do we not become like that? How do we not become the kind of people that are always complaining because God isn't giving us what we want, right? That's a whole lot of people. They're just always, they live at Meribah, okay? That's their address, 100 Meribah Lane, because they're just, you know people like that. Maybe you're like that. You're just always overwhelmed by what God hasn't given you. I don't have enough money. I don't have a good enough wife. I don't have, you know, my husband doesn't do anything. My kids are annoying, you know. Oh, I never have enough time. I'm never, you live at Meribah. You live at that place where you're always criticizing God. And the longer you live at Meribah, the harder your heart gets. But the way that you stay out of Meribah is by singing a joyful noise to the Lord, coming before Him with thanksgiving, remembering all the things that He did of old. You split the water in two. You've made it rain down manna from heaven. You've satisfied us. You put all these plagues against the people and you covered us with the blood of the Lamb and so that death would pass over us. And, oh, you're just such a good God and I've just got to sing about you. You know, that's what they didn't do. And when you don't do that for long enough, then you'll find yourself at Meribah where it's just a place of criticizing everything and you never have enough and everybody has more than you, you know? And so it says, when you hear the Lord's voice trying to draw you away from that and draw you back into his presence, don't harden your hearts, right? Because he said, for 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. 
Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Worship's a big deal. Okay, when you forget to worship God, you don't make it a priority and you don't take it seriously to bring to him a joyful noise and get down on your knees before him and sing to him and and praise him. Then then what begins to happen is you begin to criticize him. Right? Because you stop praising him that he's your maker and he made you and he's given you this spouse and he's given you the house and he's given you your family and he's given you all these things and then all of a sudden you just are constantly criticizing what you don't have. Oh, sing to the Lord, Psalm 96, a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. You should be telling, tell other people about, man, God saved me. It was radical. I was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm alive. We should be telling these things to people. Well, who, Pastor? I only see the same five people every day. What about your children? Have you told your testimony to your children? Do your children know that you were a miserable wretch and then Christ came and saved you and redeemed you? Right? Why wouldn't I tell that to them? I need to tell my children of the testimonies of my life and of my family and to those people that I do work with. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. You know, you, they just think about the way that idols are worshipped and think about how much greater God is than, than the idols. And, you know, I, idolatry is a weird thing for us in America because we're honestly, no one's worshipping idols more than Americans. Yet no one thinks that idolatry is any less prevalent than Americans because we don't, you know, fall down on our knees before golden calves and, you know, burn incense before, you know, you know, you know, all these different things. We don't do all these, you know, things that you associate with idolatry. But what we do is we, we pack stadiums with 80 to 100,000 people and we scream and yell and shout at, you know, men wearing, you know, tight pants running around with a, with an oblong shaped ball, you know, (laughs) on a field and, you know, cry and scream and get into fights and yell and lose our voices over it. And, you know, and then we turn on award shows and we watch as someone comes up in a three-piece suit and accepts an award for pretending to be someone in a movie that we think they did a good job of. And we hang posters, you know, in our rooms and in our homes, uh, even as teenagers of people that can sing well. And, you know, you know, we just, we do all of these things. We, we lust after the latest, greatest technology and the newest, you know, iPhone 67. And we'll pay what $40 a month that we don't have just to get it. And if anyone's bound up in idolatry, it's America. Okay, and here's the thing about it is, is if we would, if, if, if you'll pay $200, $400 to go sit in a seat where you're a mile high and you can barely even see the little people running down there, but you won't come to church, then you're bound up in idolatry. Okay, and if you can't give God a praise that's greater and better then you give to your local football team that has let you down year after year after year. Come on. (laughs) And God who has never once let you down and you can't even give him a woo. (laughs) Then you are bound up in idolatry. You need to break loose of those chains and start shouting a little bit about the Lord. 
Start coming to him to a joy, uh, with a joyful song. You get in your car and that old 80s music comes on and you start jamming to ACDC and Metallica, playing the air guitar and moving and grooving. And, you know, but, you, but you come before the Lord with your hands in your pocket or one hand on your cappuccino and your other hand in your pocket and you start lip syncing. Man, that's idolatry. Because you're worshiping things that were made more than you're worshiping the maker. Mm. And we're all guilty of that, aren't we? You know, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in debt just to have all the newest, greatest, latest toys and things that you don't need, but you don't even pay your tithe to God. You don't even, when that, when that check hits the bank, church, okay, I just feel like I'm just over time and not even into enough Psalms, but there's just, the Lord is just, is just wanting to minister to some people to wake up today. When that check hits the bank, and you know when it hits, right? Direct deposit, it's like 2 a.m. Friday. You know, you're like, I know when that hits. I'm counting on it. I ran out of money two days before it. When it hits, church, you look at 10% of that. Okay, let's say you make $500. 10% of that's 50 bucks. You know that $50 of that belongs to the Lord. Why? Because you're not an idol worshiper. And God made me. And I'm giving him back at least 10% of what he's given me. So you look at your paycheck and you go, well, Lord, $50 of this is yours. Do you want any more? And then you give out of your heart, whether it be 51 or 52 or 55 or 60 or 70 or 100. And you give it to the church that you're going to, to your local church. Okay? It doesn't have to be my church. I don't care one way if it's my church or not. The Lord provides for us. But give to the church that you're going to. Okay, because you don't want to get, you don't want to become lost at Meribah. You, you don't want to be just one of those complainers who's always criticizing about what God's doing, yet you're not even giving God anything. You're giving everything to idols. Right? That, that's how we've got to start living, is we've got to start worshiping God like He's God. Like He made me. Like He's the one that's holding back the seas from flooding the whole earth. Like He's the one who formed the heavens and the stars. And knows every hair on my head. And Psalm 97, and we're going through the same theme. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes up before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness and the people see his glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Worship him. Right? And so as as we're leaving today, I just want to remind us, I don't want to beat us up over this kind of stuff. I just want to remind us that God needs to be who I worship more than anything or anyone else. He deserves my shout, my song, my kneeling, my money, my instruments, my time, my love. Everything else on this earth is fighting for it. But God's going to get the best and the most of me.